Two Tassie Teachers Talking acknowledges Tasmanian Aborigines as the traditional owners of this island, Lutruwita, Tasmania. We are recording this episode at Nipaluna, the country at and around Hobart, around the country of the Muanina people. We honour those old people and all the original people of Lutruwita and the Tasmanian Aboriginal community of today who remain owners of these lands. Hello and welcome to our podcast called Two Tassie Teachers Talking. I'm Adam James and with me is Mr James McLeod. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon, Adam. How are you? I'm so good because I'm here in real life with you today. Yeah, this is a a new thing. Everybody in the studio. I know, at a safe distance. At a safe distance. Of course. And uh, yeah, very safe distance. And we are really lucky today to have a um, visitor in the studio today, Fiona Moroni. I'd like to introduce Fiona and uh, you're famous for so many things, Fiona, uh, producing many good hockey players uh, and uh, Hutchins students, but your job here at school, head of grade eight, tell us a little bit about what it means to be head of grade eight. Well, I just love working with the boys. So my teaching role, I teach humanities classes, food studies. I used to teach a little bit of physical education and health, but my main role being head of year eight would be the pastoral care of the boys, making sure they're all happy and everything's going well for them. And obviously if it's not, help them through those situations and make them enjoy school hopefully a whole lot better. Okay, so how how many boys are we talking about? Currently in year eight there are 105 students. Right, 105. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair amount then. So we've got five mentor groups. Okay. And it ranges between 22... To twenty four, which probably doesn't equate to one hundred and five, but we're not we're not going to do no. Math that's rough. No. That's roughly what we've got in each each group. Yeah. Okay. Great. Fantastic, Fiona. So we're talking now, and the year elevens and twelves have gone back, and they're back on campus, and so uh, K through six, but middle school, so seven, eight, and years nine and ten are still away. Uh, I was just wondering, how's the home learning experience gone for the middle school boys? I think it's gone generally pretty well. It was a bit of a, an unknown world for a lot of them, including the, the staff. The first two weeks, obviously, before the holidays was a bit of a, a trial period to see how we would go. Coming back into term two, I think they were more familiar with what was expected and it certainly seems to be going pretty smoothly. There's always a few little hiccups along the way. The boys have really embraced it. It's been quite a positive thing to see. I think some of them might be doing a bit more work than what they might have done. They, some of them feel more relaxed, there's a bit more time, and they're often, some of them are getting more help at home, whereas in the classroom they, they get the help but they probably feel more comfortable because they're in their own environment to do their learning. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess uh, I teach a couple of year eight classes and some of the issues, I guess, that come up are the sort of overuse of technology. And I know that uh, in teaching year eights there's a sort of no device policy uh, that's usually enacted and this is sort of the opposite of that. Has that raised any issues, do you think, or is it because of the nature of the situation it's just everyone's sort of ready and okay. We've made a big decision to help guide the boys to have breaks throughout the the daily sessions like they would for recess and lunchtime, Um, encourage them to get outside, stretch their legs so they're not on the devices all the time. As a staff member, I know myself those first few weeks I was on the computer from sort of quarter to eight to six at night and you don't realise, you just get sucked in because you're waiting for those online lessons and you're not going from place to place to get there. It's so easy just to get consumed by it. So encourage them to get outside, have a break, read a book, do something different. One of the things a couple of the boys have been saying as I've been talking to them during their mentor sessions is um, they're finding that their waistlines might have grown a bit because they're at home and they can eat more. And obviously at school, we've got set times we're meant to eat. Yeah, so, I know mine has. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, there's some there's some work to be done here too, Adam. I've <laughs> got to say, uh, but um, yeah, they little traps that we fall into, and I suppose that the boys who are prone to using technology a lot 
they use it for relaxation. So how were they when you were asking them to perhaps do other things for relaxation? Look, I think most of them could see where we were coming from. It is difficult though for them because as you say, that's the way that they sort of unwind. I think though some of them realised that you couldn't be on that with that in front of that screen with those lights all the time because then you don't sleep at night time. And some of them initially looked like they hadn't slept much mm-hmm. when we logged on for the morning mentor sessions. So it was, it was probably an experience that they won't forget because they've had to learn to manage their time better. Yeah, and I think if we look at the time that we've been in the lockdown, Hobart's been pretty fortunate because we can encourage the boys to go outside at recess and lunchtime because we actually have... You know, we're living in a winter wonderland. It was absolutely, most days were just beautiful. It was, it was gorgeous. people really embraced that. Perhaps if it had been a a really bad winter and if it had been wet, then we perhaps might have found it a little bit harder to encourage them to, to do those sorts of things. One of the things that we decided we would do for the Year 8 boys was they've missed out on lots of opportunities like all their sports have stopped. They haven't had the experience of year eight camp where we normally go to Freycinet and they survive. They must have been disappointed about that. Well, I think they were deep down, but when they realised they didn't have to walk for the four and a half days with, you know, a 20 kilo pack carrying everything, some of them were probably quite relieved. So we came up with an idea where we would still challenge them uh, and that involved them to do something outside their comfort zone, but push them so that they were still a bit vulnerable and they would learn from that experience and grow as people. Yeah, that's a really valuable opportunity, I think. It's a real shame to have missed that that phrase. I remember back in my school camps, you know, this is hard, but actually at the end of it, wow, that was valuable. And it's the thing you remember. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the experiences they have with the possums and the wallabies and things along the way, they don't follow our instructions of putting their food away. That all just gets eaten and then they're yeah. looking to um, scrounge whatever they can from their friends. So we devised this challenge where they had to survive, well, not survive, but experience 40 hours of independence. We call it the 40-hour solo isolation challenge. They had to pitch a tent in their backyard with the plan of sleeping in it for, for or being outside for the 40 hours, sleeping in the tent for two nights, being self-sufficient. They had to plan the meals that they would eat, had to cook their meals. There were various activities that they had to do along the way. Um, they scored points for those. Some of the um, boys obviously wouldn't be familiar with that sort of experience. So the challenges were provided so they could have some assistance along the way if they felt they needed that. Obviously not for as many points. So they did things like cook marshmallows, cook damper. They had to make shelters. They could sleep in those if they wanted to. Had to make a sculpture from natural things in the garden. They also had to plan a 10 and or a 20k walk, run or ride. And think about the things too that we as, as staff, if we were planning that, the risk that would go with that. So they had to look at the weather forecasts, the possible dangers. It was quite interesting looking on Strava, the amount of kilometres some of those boys covered, a bit like when we did the cross country, they don't realise that they've done 20 or 30 k's because they've planned that for themselves rather than us forcing them to do that. Yeah, wow. And we had boys that, you know, walked up the top of Mount Wellington and they've got amazing photos of the view and... Brilliant. You don't get to do that on a normal school day. Yeah, no, that's great. So actually some real positives in doing the camp in a different way and that isolation aspect, like actually being in isolation and then isolating yourself from the few support people that you have at home. That could have been a little bit cruel, but it wasn't meant to be like that. It was more pushing them out there, 
getting to experience things and having that time where they could reflect on some other things themselves, having that quiet time. I mean, some of the activities were just to get them off the screens as well. That was one of the main things behind it because, as I said before, you know, we're in front of these screens for longer than what we normally would be in a classroom because we're at it at school and then when you go home, which you're already at, you just get consumed by that time. So getting them out of that into some fresh air, although it was a bit cold during the evenings, unfortunately, on Thursday and Friday of last week, I'm pretty convinced that the boys certainly got something from it. That sounds amazing. I know my kids, uh, three and six, when they use their screens for a while, they I noticed that their creativity and their improvisation and their play is sort of to that detriment, so it suffers. And when I want them to start engaging their brains in their play and stuff like that, we find that take take the iPad away and then there's some, some complaining for a few 10, 10 minutes or so. But after that, there's this beautiful play that emerges from that that old human experience of I'm bored. Actually, I can make my own fun and I can have a lot of fun. So that sounds like a really great opportunity that you give, you've given those year eight boys. I wonder if uh, it's something that might come back in a similar sort of form next year. Is that? Well, look, we often offer opportunities during our enrichment week towards the end of the year. And I suppose that's something else that we could get the boys to do once again in the confines of their sort of familiar environment. But yeah, it definitely has got potential to um, continue on with or just tweak it a bit more. Yeah. We're, ho- we're also hoping though that the boys, because they've been set on that whole outdoor ed experience, that later in term three, we've got some other things planned where they'll experience some of those things up on Mount Wellington, just just for big day trips. There won't be any overnight experiences because those things aren't actually allowed at the moment. Yeah. Now, now what about what about you, Fiona? I don't suppose you partook in the camp? I certainly did, James. You did? Yes. Oh, I, wow. <laughs> I, uh, I was determined to prove... Yeah, you're a hardy soul. ...to prove to uh, my own family that I was capable of doing this. Some of them had their doubts and I made it very clear that I was going to do it. I set up the tent and I sent some photos through to some uh, colleagues of mine and they told me I was glamping. <laughs> I don't know whether I was. I was just using my backyard and I made sure that I was comfortable in my tent. Well, you've got to you've got to take measures to make sure that you're a That's comfortable right. person. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fair, would it? That's right. And when I do go camping, I do make sure I've got a very well inflated mattress of about ten centimeters high. I don't sleep on the little tiny ones. No, that'd be silly. And it's lucky I didn't because it was mighty cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was warm, but I was a little bit uncomfortable still. It was like the princess in the pea type of story, probably. I could feel certain things in the ground underneath me, even under that 10 centimetre mattress. Yeah, well, look, I, and uh, how about catering? Were you... Uh, are you doubting my culinary skills? We would never. We would never do that. No, we're, so we're you, were just, you were just... We're actually... Marshmallowing I had planned and it. dampering I, and... I, I did. So I planned to have... Um, a barbecue on the first night, that was pretty easy. And I planned in advance, I actually made some potato salad on the Wednesday and I uh, made sure there's a bit left over for me to have with my barbecue, oh. with my steak. So that's what I had uh, for dinner on the Thursday night. It does night. seem like Yeah, yeah it does sound like, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. And I did, I did cook marshmallows and I had a, a nice little fire pit that was going, cooked those. The damper wasn't as successful. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that's yeah. disappointing. That, that puts a... Damper on things. Well, by the time <laughs> by the time I should have put the damper into my coals, I was ready for bed, uh, and I attempted to put it in when the fire was probably a bit fierce. Yep. Yeah. And the foil and the damper didn't get on well. No. 
No, there's a chemical reaction in there that we could talk about, but probably shouldn't. I should have listened to you or come to one of your lessons beforehand to find out. Complete combustions. So the the year eights, I guess, were doing the solo activity. Now, the rest of the middle school and the senior school on Friday was scheduled for a um, an activities day. I think is that right? Did that happen for year seven as well? Yeah. So the year sevens and nine, ten, eleven, twelves undertook some sort of physical activity challenge from memory. I because I wasn't really involved in it. I wasn't too focused. On it, but that's off what, glamping. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, attempting to survive. Yeah, <laughs> and which I did. And so the year seven mentors decided the boys needed a bit more of a challenge themselves after that morning activity. So they put together. They've been spending a lot of time last term looking at kindness and acts of kindness and how you can show those things instead of just talking about it. They actually put it into action. So the boys had time to plan an act of kindness for their community or within their community, and that was obviously within the confines of their home or a very close family member nearby possibly, they had to work out what they would do. And it wasn't necessarily a domestic chore that they would normally do, like unpacking the dishwasher or cleaning their room. They actually had to think of things to do. Some boys cleared gardens for family members. You know, one boy I know was telling me that he'd cut down some trees at a family property. It took him five hours. Now that's pretty hard going. Yeah, wow. Some of the boys cooked meals for other family members, all sorts of things, you know, things that are those acts of kindness that you don't always get the recognition for and you don't always do. But I think from talking to the boys, especially this morning in the library when I was up there with them, they enjoyed it. And some of them said, oh, you know, I might do that again. And that's another good thing that's come out of this because we're putting the boys in situations and offering them things that they probably wouldn't normally do or doesn't fit into their normal routine. And yeah. they're able to get out there and do it. Yeah. Because I guess the normal routine's sort of been exploded. There is there is no normal oh, that's right. now. So anything's up for grabs. I think that's really good. I, I really like the way you've differentiated between kindness and the things you would usually do. So a chore that you would usually do. So your contribution to the family, which is maybe unstack the dishwasher or, or whatever that is, that that's not that's not kindness. That's just you being part of the family. So I think that's a, a really good clarification and a good modelling for the boys to grow and learn. I think too, we live in a world where we often get rewarded and recognition for things that I think people should just do anyway. And it's making the boys aware of that. Mm. That's part of becoming a good man. And I think the more we work on those things, the easier it's going to be for them to acknowledge that those things are those acts of kindness. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really good. Really good. So Fiona, what about the boys and the teachers? They've been a uh, you know, apart for a, a long time. Have you, uh, and they'll be returning in a few weeks, are you able to assess at the moment any of the impacts that that might have had or are there anything you might be a, bit, a little bit concerned about or we just mentioned then a few of the really positive things that have happened. You got any concerns? Well, one of the things that I've really tried to do as the head of Year 8 is make sure that every morning during the mentor sessions as they're logging on for the day, I will make a considered effort to go in and chat to each of those mentor groups just to get a feeling for how the boys are going themselves. And obviously in the classes that I actually teach, you know, it'll be like a normal classroom at school, you know, as they come in, we chat about how they're going, what's, what they've been doing to get that sense of whether they're coping or whether they're not. And I suppose one of the big indicators is too, you know, if they're not showing up on time to our online sessions or they're not handing their work in, you're aware that then there could be some some things they're struggling with. I think also a lot of the boys thought they could just hide behind the little icons when they were signing in and then just switching off. So we've made sure that you have to see their faces or they've got to return to the class group as a 
for a chat towards the end as well. So you can keep tabs on how things are going that way. So they're not sort so of... So you're seeing them all day in all the classes? You're sort of... Making an effort to. Make, yeah. 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 Especially the ones that I may not see as much of if I'm not the usual teacher. Yes. Staff-wise, I suppose, you know, we're still having our, our meetings, but they're online, so we're keeping in touch that way. Popping into school sometimes to do some planning or some marking of work. We're still connecting, but it's it's a different way of connecting. You know, that social distancing or not having that face-to-face physical contact as such, That that's something that I think a lot of the staff and the students are missing. So yeah. when we return, and speaking once again to the boys I've seen in the library today, they are really, really keen to come back. And I suppose seeing the 11 and 12s back today as well, that's really hit home that it will be happening soon, which is a really good thing, but they just have to wait that bit longer. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, it has been interesting with the uh, with the seniors coming back. They're obviously very excited uh, to be back, but I think some of the, the freedoms that they might have enjoyed while still maintaining their studies uh, that have had to sort of uh, be reduced as as they come, come back to the mainstream schooling, I think a few of them are, are perhaps missing those a little bit and and I think that's probably helping them look forward to their future beyond schooling where they can have a little bit more control of things definitely well on that note that's the end of our time together today on two Tassie teachers talking thanks for joining us Fiona Moroni it's been great to have you thanks for having me it's been good Learned lots about you guys as well MC we haven't even caught up today we've just been so excited to see each other in real life how are you uh, look, it's um, it's been a very busy return to school. Hasn't it? Very busy, uh, but it's been fun and it has been good to catch up with, uh, well, it's actually back talking with students and Fiona was talking about that uh, earlier about just seeing people and speaking with people who you are physically looking at instead of that just slightly awkward delay that exists in a Microsoft team or a a Zoom conversation, that little pause, which makes things appear just a little bit unnatural. And I think that we're actually, yeah, people are thriving on the fact that you can have conversations without that little pause hanging in the air. Absolutely. I'm really enjoying being in the studio with you. It's uh, it's a fresh treat. Uh, not that Teams isn't, you know, filling that hole, but just the real thing is just... Just yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, and I think the boys are get really responding to that, the, the the 11s and 12s that we've got back. I haven't been to the junior school yet, but I'm sure it's the same for those guys over there as well. Absolutely. Well, listeners, if you'd like to get involved, have any questions or there's something that you'd like us to talk about, you can email us using podcast at hutchins.tas.edu.au. Next episode, we look forward to catching up with Mr Matt Magnus, the Senior School Counsellor. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you next time.